happy new year to all my panel people here especially if you do celebrate welcome to 5784 and i always have to look on the calendar what that the new year is i don't remember it after uh correct days yeah happy new year and of course uh, you're welcome to on the mark sports talk with your host as we always say mark with that letter c mark with a c and for those keeping track, this is show number 177, Sunset Strip. No, it's 177 yeah. <laughs> episode in 177 Cookie. consecutive weeks. I have to a little bit, and yeah. I want to say, how is everyone? Good. 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 Why can't I hear you? Good. I'm having trouble hearing you now. Talk huh? There it is. Hi, Larry. Everybody Hi. okay? Tom, close the door. Okay. I hope you had a fabulous uh, Rosh Hashanah. I hope you had time with families, etc. I'm just on the Zoom. Uh, I'm all right. I'm okay. Everybody okay? All right. So, uh, people, my son, if you didn't know this, has added some very interesting stuff related to our podcast on the Mark Sports Talk. If you did not know this, if you Google, don't do it now, after the show, tomorrow, if you remember it down the line, Google, not not the uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google on the Mark Sports Talk, and you'll see a few links related to our show, but there's one that reads on the Mark Sports Talk, unleash the thrill of sports, latest <laughs> updates. That's the <laughs> one. You click on there, you'll see a microphone. And you scroll down a bit, and you'll see merchandise. <laughs> I didn't even know about this. Yeah, yeah. Merchandise <laughs> for sale on the right. sports talk. They have hats. <laughs> they have tote bags. They have beanie yeah. caps. They have ah, wow. shirts. They have, it says, a tough case for an iPhone and two types of unisex hoodies for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know really anything about what what he did. Um, I, I, I imagine they're for sale, but they have nothing to do with me personally. But we're going to have a special 200th episode T-shirt, which will be in a few months. If this is episode 177, 23 more is like five months. Five months. Five months. Five months. Little over five months. Five, five months. Something. What can happen in five months? I don't know. February. I don't know. Maybe I'll grow hair in my head. I don't know. But the, the, the Giants, the know. Giants can play the Jets in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, you know my problem is with the T-shirts. Some of them are like the last one you made. Not in my lifetime, it. Fred. It's so nice that my daughter Never stole it. <laughs> so if you make it too nice, my my daughter steals them. They got to buy more than one then. That's the deal. I, I bought, I had a black one. Here's the black one I'm wearing now. Everybody sees the black yeah. one. I had a blue one, but my son took that one from me. Yeah, anyway, we're, we're going to move one, on. Hmm? What, the black one's the nicest. I the think. nicest, yeah, 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 yeah. And on, on, on Thursdays, I wear it in the morning and walk around in my neighborhood and advertise. They go, what is that? I got to talk to people. I got to spread the word. You should do it too. Gerald has a new segment or slash new report 
starting today, and and it's sponsored by Pooper Scoopers. <laughs> right. He's he's exhausted all the highlighted years, and he'll do twenty twenty three once the World Series has concluded. In the meantime, Gerald, why don't you explain your new bit and take it away, Gerald? I'm going to be doing each week a biography of a prominent sports figure in history or the player could actually be playing right now. But primarily it would be historical figures that everybody would know. I'll go over the accomplishments and a little bit about uh, the person's uh, background leading up to his uh, professional career. It okay. should start with the no. Jerry. Well, but he's on. He got a whole list. Go ahead. Start about start it. So uh, I'm going to go with my first biography, which is going to be of Sanford Braun. Does that ring a bell, people? Who? Sanford Braun. Sanford Braun was born in 1935. Paul Braun. His mother, no, his mother got divorced three years later. And at the age Sounds of, like Sandy Koufax. Koufax, yeah. At the age of nine, she married Irving Koufax. And now you know the rest of the story. Okay. So this is a biography of Sandy Koufax. And uh, I've subtitled it An Improbable Success Story. First, I'm going to go over his accomplishments and then his background. Listen to this. From 1962 to 1966, he was 111 and 34 with a 1.95 ERA. Yeah. Uh, in in 1,377 in innings. That's a nice I think that, yeah. Please, in the background, please. The other guys What do you see? I think I'm that's. The, I don't know. I think, is that someone's back? Okay, I'm here now. Go ahead. Why I think that. I'm sorry. I think. People, I if you have anybody in the back room or a different room, we hear everything. Who is that? Steve Rochester. Yeah, just He's mute him. Just mute okay. him. Mute me. Just mute him. Got him. Go ahead. Okay, we're good. Sorry. So I think that's the best four year stretch for a pitcher, I believe, in history. Um, he was the first pitcher to throw four no-hitters and the eighth to throw a perfect game. He was the first pitcher to get three Cy Young awards. And during the era when only one was given out annually, two of them were unanimous votes. Hmm. He ranked seventh in career strikeouts with 2,396 and was the youngest elected to the Hall of Fame at the age of 36. Mind you, his career was only 12 years, 1955 to 1966. Here's a short biography of him and his circuitous route to becoming a, a great pitcher. He's, he's, he, first, he's, he was very interested in two things, basketball and architecture. He started as the team captain of the Lafayette High School basketball team in his senior year. He also played first base for Lafayette in his senior year 
at the urging of his friend and not my friend, Fred Wilpon. Mm. He had aspirations <laughs> to be an architect. He attended the University of Cincinnati in 1954. and was a walk-on for a baseball tryout. He made the team. And by the way, he was also a walk-on for the basketball team coached by the same baseball manager, and he made that team. He was a very good basketball player. That was his focus. So he attended the University of Cincinnati in 1954 and had virtually no experience as a baseball pitcher. In 32 innings in college, he had 51 strikeouts with 30 walks and a 2.81 ERA and was 3-1. His baseball experience included 12 games, including college and sand and sandlot games, and the word of his great arm spread, and he had tryouts with the Pirates, the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Giants. Branch Rickey of the Pirates, quote, this is the greatest arm I've ever seen. Sandy signed with the Dodgers as a bonus baby with a bonus of over $4,000. As you may recall, under the bonus baby rule, if you sign this bonus baby, you must be part of the 25-man roster. Otherwise, the team might lose the rights uh, to the player. So Sandy basically had virtually no experience as a pitcher and joined the Dodgers in 1955. As I recall, Tommy Lasorda was sent down, and, and he joined the team. Uh, he had very little control. Um in 1955, his first year in MLB as a pitcher, he skipped the minor leagues. He pitched for the Dodgers from 1955 to 1966. He did not even know how to hold a runner on base. He, he really was not familiar with even reading signs from the catcher. In 1960, he was frustrated not being part of the starting rotation. In that year, he was in 37 games, 26 as a starter. He requested to be traded, and the Dodgers denied his request, and he contemplated retiring in 1960. But he decided in 1960, to, in the wintertime, to get himself in great shape. And in the winter, uh, uh, he developed good control, which he didn't have. He refined his skills. He was also plagued with a bad back and uh, arthritis in his arm. 1961 was a breakout year for him. He was 18 and 13 with a 3.52 ERA, which is pretty good. Um, he straightened out his pitching mechanics, including not losing sight of the catcher's target. He was advised on how to stop tipping his pitches and Norm Sherry and Dodgers statistician Alan Worth advised him not to throw every pitch as hard as he could. He threw occasional change-ups and more curveballs. His curveball incidentally dropped vertically from 12 to 24 inches. Alan Worth also advised him on the importance of getting ahead of batters with first count strikes. A couple of quick comments on, on uh, some of the major leaguers who face Koufax. Yogi Berra said in the year he was 25 and 5. I understood him winning 25 games. I don't understand how he lost five games. <laughs> and another uh, uh, major leader said, Sandy Koufax throws a radio ball. You can't see it, but you can hear it. 
He was advised by his doctor to quit baseball for a couple of years, particularly in his last year in 1966. He took that advice under advisement, but he played anyway. Well, he had a very short career due to arthritis, as mentioned. His accomplishments were off the charts. This concludes my biography on Sandy Koufax. <clears throat> All right. But you want to comment, Michael? Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to say. Uh, nice report, Jerry. Uh, I'll admit that even though I'm a diehard Yankee fan, Sandy Koufax was the greatest pitcher I've ever seen. And in 1957, some of you may recall Walter O'Malley was having difficulties in negotiating a contract to get a stadium in uh, New York, in Brooklyn, actually. And they played a couple of games in Roosevelt Stadium. Yeah, Jersey yes. City. Jersey, Jersey City. Jersey okay. City. And uh, no lie, uh, I watched those games from Roosevelt Stadium. And it was the first time I've ever seen a game that was shown from behind the catcher's back. In other words, you could really see the movement of the pitcher. Prior to that, if you watched a baseball game, if you recall back in the day, it was very, very high over the mound. Actually, the pitcher's mound was like this. But yeah. in Roosevelt Stadium, you could actually see how his curveball, how Koufax's cold curveball broke. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen as a baseball fan, I remember. And I knew that was incredible. And uh, I sort of like, like predicted that Koufax was going to be great. And the other thing I wanted to say about Sandy Koufax, the Yankees had a pitcher who had the exact same motion as Koufax. And uh, that was Al, Al Downing who uh, yeah. ended up uh, breaking, uh, uh, pitching that uh, pitch to, uh, uh, oh, what's it, Hank Aaron. Aaron. That's what I, I want to say about I think part of the reason why they played in Roosevelt Field was to try to put some pressure on Robert <laughs> Moses, who I, exactly. who I completely, exactly. who I completely and O'Malley, and O'Malley wasn't getting along. Right. So I think you mentioned Branch Rickey with the Pirates. I think you made an error there, right? He was no, no, no he, he, left he, the was, he went to the Pirates after the Dodgers. No, yeah, he went to the Pirates after the Dodgers. Cardinals, Dodgers, Pirates. He right. said, he said, it's the greatest arm I've ever seen, Mark. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said <laughs> that. No, no. auditioned and and Branch Rickey. No. Wanted him, but he goes. No. No. Matter of fact, Branch Rickey with the Pirates was the one who told Ralph Kiner when he asked for a raise, "We're not going to give you a raise. We, we we can finish last place with you or without you." Right, right, right. But he went from the Pirates to the Dodgers. No, no. Then he went to the Dodgers no. to the Pirates. Was was the Dodgers, Dodgers, obviously, Pirates. when they saw Jackie Robinson, then he left. Them. All right, all right. Um, Milton. Yeah, um, um, didn't he strike out Mickey Mantle four times in the World Series that, also? Right, but Mantle did hit, I think Mantle hit at least one home run off of him. But Mantle, right? Mantle made a comment, I can't even see the ball when he throws. You're right, that, and he struck him out, I think, four times in one but game. But I think, I think he had at least one home run off of Sandy Koufax, I believe. Mike, am I right? He hit a home run in game four. Was Koufax pitching that game? That was the game that uh, Pepitone lost the ball in, in the in the shorts. Right. That game made me very upset. I think he was home on game four. Right, Wayne, you got a comment? Yeah, I, I, you guys might probably know the story, uh, and it's uh, maybe it's urban legend, maybe it's not. But uh, when Koufax was in the World Series against the Twins, he came on uh, Yom Kippur. Yeah. And uh, Koufax, Koufax would have pitched. He didn't. He was not a religious guy. 
but the rabbis came to him and told him, uh, you know, you'd be, be a great example to the Jewish community if you didn't pitch on, on Yom Kippur. And he went ahead with this. Anyway, he gave the first game of the series and Alston had pitched Drysdale against the Twins and uh, Drysdale got bombed. And, and um, then the sixth inning, Alston comes out to take Drysdale's out. Drysdale hands him the ball and says to Alston, aren't you God? Didn't you wish that I was Jewish? It's going to be an urban legend, but it's a great story anyway. Wow. Thank you. Anybody <laughs> ask Joe and then we move on. Yeah, I, 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 I remember hearing or reading somewhere that someone once said that Koufax was the only pitcher who could win when he had nothing but his fastball. Can I relate one story, Mark, that I recall? Mark? Make it quick. Make it quick. Okay, quick, quick story. Sandy Koufax, uh, from what I read, was afraid of hitting, hitting anyone with the fastball. And uh, one game I recall, it was the eighth inning, he was pitching. Dodgers were down eight to nothing. I think Lou Brock was on second base, and Lou Brock went to steal third base. and And Koufax took exception to him. And I think the next time Brock got up, there was a very close pitch thrown to him by Sandy Koufax. Really, mm -hmm. really being shown up when you're up eight nothing, you steal third base. I, I I could understand that. Okay. Okay. Michael, one last comment. Come on. Two other Sandy Koufax things that should be touched upon. When you're reporting about Sandy Koufax, number one, he was the pitcher when they had that Roseboro Rod Barishel brouhaha, and he was standing off to the side when all that was going down. Mm -hmm. And uh, number two, uh, Koufax and Drysdale, they teamed up for negotiating a contract, right. and that right. was another thing that uh, right. should be reported. Uh, yeah. Hundred thousand apiece they wanted, right? Right. Yeah. All right, Jerry. All right. Uh, too bad he wasn't uh, around in current days because he he would have his career would have been longer. Would you say his for career sure? Longer? sure. Yeah. Yeah. Medical. Yeah. I mean, he was he was greatly disadvantaged by that bonus baby rule, right? He had to yes. spend two years, I think, with the Dodgers yes. as yes. a consequence of that rule. And th those are two years he could have been in the minor leagues, learning exactly. how to pitch. Yeah. And instead, right. he basically, you know, made slight progress, but not much. In that time. Well, you, you know the reason for the bonus baby rule, Mike? Just no, okay. bonuses. No, no. The reason was they didn't want teams, rich teams, to dominate getting young players. Sure. So they put in that bonus baby rule. So that, right. so the team couldn't sign you know all the young players with the with the sizable bonus. They right. wanted to limit uh the number of uh, players that are that a wealthy team could could sign. And they certainly couldn't sign two or, th two or three because they'd all have to be on the 25-man roster. Right. right. All right, Milton. Thank you, uh, Gerald. I'll talk to you later. Uh, Milton, right. uh, your name, that tune. You're no, on right today, now. Uh, today's song was done three times, 1960, 1964, 1981. Charlie, uh, uh, River, Johnny Rivers did it in 64, Charlie Pride in 81, but I'm going to do the guy who wrote it and sang the big hit from 1960 about a fella sorry for his loss, missing his love. Listen to the song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
The guy that wrote it and sang it in 1960 was... Anybody know? Harold Dorman. Harold Dorman is correct. Very good. Harold Dorman did it, wrote it and sang it. And then Johnny Rivers and Charlie Pride had the biggest hit in 81. It was on the charts in the country and Western for many months. I I thought you'd like it. Okay, Mountain of Love. Very good. Thank you on that. Okay, let's go on uh, to some beep beeps, uh, unusual uh, names in sports. I just found two this week. Maybe some of you found someone. There's a uh, Cincinnati Reds player. He got a really long name. Christian in in Carcion Strand. Hyphen Strand. Christian in Carcion Strand, right? Strand, yeah. Stand or strand? Strand. Like the bookstore. Yeah. Stand? Strand. Like the <laughs> bookstore. Like strand. It's S-E-R-A-N-D. That's what I, I get it, Fred. Christian and Carsey in, in <laughs> Carsey and not I can't even pronounce it. And Carson. Yeah. Like oh, Edward yeah. and Carson. That's right. These are Reds play. And then there was a Luke Scoon, a, a Luke uh Schoonmaker. Luke Schoonmaker. He's oh, a yeah. tight end. On the Cowboys. Uh, uh, on the Cowboys. He went to Michigan. I thought those were two unusual names. Okay. Anybody have any names this week? Okay. This day in sports, September 21st. A lot of things happened. September, what, this day in sports. 1906, the New York Highlanders had a first baseman named Hal Chase. Well, on today's date. He had 22 putouts at first base, which tied a major league, major league record at the time. I don't know if that record has been broken, but imagine 22 putouts. A lot of ground balls, huh? Yeah. Maybe that ball there. Or, or the ball the being hit to him, he picks it up, steps on first. Think is the Evers to chase. Well, yeah. if he catches a pop-up. Chance. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay. Okay. The, Dod- yeah, the, the right. Cardinals, Pitching Brothers, the Deans, right. Dizzy and Paul shut out the Dodgers in a doubleheader. Dizzy wins the uh, first game, 13 to nothing. <laughs> Paul wins the nightcap, 3 nothing with a no-hitter. Mm. So the Dodgers wish they weren't there that day. 1952, the Boston Braves play what turns out their final game at Braves Field in Boston. In an 8-2 loss to the Dodgers with a crowd of 8,800. Of course, the team then relocated to Milwaukee. 1955, the last fight for Rocky Marciano as he KOs. Anyone know who he KO'd? Jersey Joe Walcott. Archie Moore in the ninth round at Yankee Stadium. Ageless one. Yeah. 1956. What round? Do I have it here? Maybe I have it here. Ninth round, ninth round. 
1956, the Yankees uh, set a record by stranding 20 base runners and lose to the Red Sox at Fenway Park 13 to 9. But the highlight, uh, Mickey hits his 500th. Uh, Mickey hits a 500 foot home run. It wasn't his 500th. He had a 500 In 69, the Jets had a punter, Steve O'Neill. A 99 yard. A 98 yard punt right. against the Broncos. Must have been in Denver. Must have been in Denver in the thin Must have been in Denver. Must have mm. been in Denver. Mm. In 1970, the A's by the blue, no hits, the Twins. Mm. Always like by the blue. He died too soon. Great pitcher. Yeah. Uh, 1971, the American League OKs the Washington Senators to move to Arlington, Texas, to become the Texas Rangers. Uh, in 1973, on this day, the Mets move into first place at 500 percentage mm-hmm. after trailing by 12 and a half games. Uh, in 1980, um, the Rams had a guy named Johnny Johnson. Never heard of him, but he had a 99-yard interception at that time. I think it was the record. I think it's been broken since. Uh, in 1980, Richard Todd from the Jets. He completes 42 passes in one game, which was wow. the record at the time. In 1982, on this day, 2,251 <laughs> turn out to see the Expos play the Mets at Shea Stadium. Only 2,200 in Shea Stadium. It must have been lousy weather. <laughs> yeah. In 1982, the NFL players begin the 57-day strike on today. 1985, Michael Spinks beats Larry Holmes in 15 rounds to become the heavyweight champ. Uh, In 1986, the Jets beat the Dolphins 51-45 to in OT with a record 884 combined passing yards. Uh, in 86, the Padres have a pitcher named Jimmy Jones. That's a great name. Jimmy Jones. Throws a one-hitter in his Major League debut. It's a nice debut. In 1988, boxer Mike Tyson smashes a TV camera outside his New Jersey home. <laughs> I don't remember. you remember that? Sorry? No. 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 Uh, I remember in years. I don't remember that. In 1990, Major League Baseball Commissioner Faye Vincent turns down a Chicago White Sox bid to reinstate 68-year-old Minnie Minoso. I think it's travesty of the game. What's his name? Arrestus something, right? Arrestus. We'll call the baby Arrestus. Must mean something. In 1991, USA Basketball officially announces the dream team for the 92 Olympics. In 97, Mike Piazza becomes the second player ever to hit a home run out of Dodger Stadium. Uh, in, 19, in 2008, the final home game is played at the original Yankee Stadium versus the Orioles. And I think that's all I'm going to say this day in sports. So, you have a comment. Go ahead there, um, Joe. I just wanted to go back to Branch Rickey and the chronology of his tenure as general manager. Yeah. 
He was general manager of the St. Louis Browns, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and finally the Pittsburgh Pirates from 1950 to 1955. There you go. There, so you, you were right. I was wrong. We're going to move on to a new segment we have for the show this week and maybe every week. Roger, who's been our uh, our, our, our news person, uh, fresh off the press. Roger Jesse Newswire. 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 Yeah. Uh, Roger, not Aaron, not Aaron, Roger, about it. but Roger's <laughs> going to go call our Roger's Roundup, and we're going to talk about baseball first. So what do you have for us as far as news in baseball? No, no sponsors yet. No sponsors. <laughs> got to earn the You got to see if it's worthwhile to get the right, get a That's right. Exactly. Yeah, so just kind of a roundup, uh, you know, some of the things were going on within the past week, and I know uh, – us Yankee fans were aware that uh, Anthony Misiewicz, I guess how you pronounce his name, he yeah. got hit by that line drive. I mean, that was yeah. pretty scary. I know some of you guys made comparisons to Herb Score and uh, Tony Canigliaro and stuff like I that. Misiewicz, something Misiewicz. like that. Yeah, Misiewicz. Yeah, we know who you mean. Manischewitz. Yeah. Manischewitz, okay. Manischewitz, right. It was only his third appearance for the Yankees, so uh, you know we'll have to see what happens with him. Um, bigger thing was obviously Mr. Otani. First, they were claiming an oblique injury, but then, uh, as we know, we had elbow surgery. And uh, Pally Hills, he's only going to DH next year. He won't pitch next year. They claim he'll be ready to pitch in 2025. So we'll see. And uh, I know someone, I may have been, uh, I don't know if it was Howie, um, mentioned also the Red Sox might have some interest in him. Mm -hmm. uh, they'd have to move. Uh, um, Who's the other gentleman, uh, that uh, Japanese player, they'd have to move to left field because uh, Otani could only DH then. Yoshida, I think his name is. Yeah. yeah. So that would, that would be interesting what happens there. Uh, on the Braves front, uh, Matt Olson hit his 52nd home run, so that's a, a Braves wow. home run record passing Andrew Jones. I think he's even hit another home run since then. Um, let's see. Da -da -da -da. And again, the Red Sox claim there, I guess he has some relationship with uh, – the New Balance CEO, this Jim Davis, so that may may or may not be in the Red Sox favor. We'll find out. Uh, Orioles and the Rays both clinched playoff berths. Uh, Orioles, I think, their first berth since 2016, and they're playing mm -hmm. very well. And uh, Cedric Mullins too's had a bunch of clutch hits and home runs within the last week. I noticed. Dodgers clinched their uh, 10th NL West pennant in the last. Uh, 11 years, so I know Howie's not too happy about that. I think the other year was probably the year the Giants won it, right? <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, Miguel Cabrera hit number 3167. So he's now 16th on the hit list. Uh, he passed uh, Adrian Beltre. So he's finishing up strong in his career. Uh, a big one, and we're all wishing for this, the Rays allegedly are going to get a new stadium in St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Trop no. is... They've got to be the worst stadium in the, in the country, I mean. But uh, that's my opinion on that. And as you guys know, uh, the Diaz is clearly not going to pitch this year. I mean, I guess there was some hope if the Mets were still in contention, he might come back and try to pitch. But uh, clearly that was not going to happen. And let's see. what's uh, Oh, and uh, uh, good for the Cardinals, Adam Wainwright got his 200th win. So I know some preparing him to early win, hanging on. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Wainwright's been pretty good. Early had three. Did Early have three hundred? Yeah, three hundred. Yeah, right. Wainwright got two hundred. 
But was Molino's catcher? Two hundred Sanu, three hundred. Molino's catcher. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. Was Molina his catcher when he no, did Molina, Molina retired. He's yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. That would have been funny if he came out of retirement for that one game. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> we got a couple of comments along the line here. Let's go on with um, Larry. You first. I heard that Otani does not want to be traded. I still think he's like Howie says. I think he's going to probably That's stay. Right. On the it's a free agent. It's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah, yeah free he's agent. not going to be traded. He wants to stay where he is. Okay. Let's see. Let's see, Fred. Yeah, Roger. Do you know is Cabrera close enough to anybody else that he can move that he can move up in the last two weeks of the season? I don't think so. I think. Let's check the list. Let's check the list. That sounds like a Gerald question. Research that one. Gerald, your question. Roger, you may know the answer to this, but I'm assuming that the new Tampa Bay Stadium is going to have normal bullpens in the outfield and not down the foul lines. I hope so. I hope so. And only 30,000 capacity is what I read. It's going to be the city field. It only holds, what, about 35,000, Mark? I mean, it's much smaller. They need the small capacity. I heard it's going to be a little more intimate, too. Yeah. Non-retractable roof, I think I read. Non-retractable. So Non-retractable. Okay. Thank you for Roger. Good start. Yeah. I may come back to you for uh, football stuff. We'll see how we go. There's a big one this afternoon, Roger, right? What you just take? Yeah. Sports, oh, yeah, you're right. Sports <laughs> Stories by Larry, sponsored by Eyeglass Cases. Mm. <laughs> All right. Very important. <laughs> my story my story this week is entitled The Dream of Eliminating MLB Interleague Play and the Wild Cards. Interleague play. Justin <laughs> Birnbaum with Elite Sports New York is against Interleague Games. Me too. Birnbaum said, quote. For the sake of fairness, MLB teams should compete on a level playing field within their own league. It's time to protect the integrity of the game, close quote. I would add that interleague play diminishes the luster of the All-Star game and even the World Series. I stopped watching the All-Star game entirely over the last several years, and I do not watch the World Series as much as I, I used to. On wild cards, ESPN's Doug Glanville is against the wild card teams in MLB. Glanville said, quote, the division winners are Sherpa talented climbers. They earn their keep. The wild cards are the stragglers, may be fairly punished for not making it on their own, close quote. I would add that a wild card team may get hot in a few games in the postseason, but what does that prove? Moreover, finishing the World Series in late October or early November is not exactly playing in baseball, an ideal baseball weather. Taking all this into account, the dream would eliminate both interleague and wild card play entirely, as well as end the World Series in September when the temperatures are warmer and more baseball friendly. As in the early MLB years, 
the Dream might have 140 regular season games. Accordingly, each team could play their four division opponents 20 times, each for a total of 80 games. Also, each team plays six games against each of the other 10 same league opponents for an additional 60 games. And for the postseason, the Dream simply might have the leading NL team play against the leading AL team in a seven-game September World Series. This would make the World Series more meaningful, at least to me. Of course, MLB's revenue hysteria makes this dream impossible to even be considered. In reality, the dream is now further away than ever. Interleague games increased from 20 per team in 2022 to 46 per team in 2023. And wildcard teams increased from two per league in 2011 to three per league starting in 2022. That completes my story for this week. Yeah, okay. Let's hit, let's hit him. Let's hit him. Who wants it? Roger, you go first. <laughs> just to point out, I think this was the first year that every team played every other team in the yes. league. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and I don't like this balanced schedule kind of crap because I think it did. It, it dilutes the why have the divisions then the Yankees could exactly. do crap against every team exactly. in their division clean up against all the other teams why and- have why have leagues well yeah I, right. I still don't understand they have in the newspapers the American League leaders and the National <laughs> League they play every it plays everybody else there's no exactly. reason to have leagues <laughs> right okay Ger- uh, Gerald I agree with you Larry completely growing up Watching the All-Star Game in the World Series was a novelty. Seeing team, seeing players from each league playing uh, with the playing against each other. The the thrill is gone for me for many years with this interleague crap. I wish it would stop now. <laughs> I agree. Howie, well, two points. Uh, one, uh, it should shorten the regular season because uh, they got to keep the playoffs. They got to keep the walk-ons. And two, Larry, 30 years ago, my Giants won 103 games, lost the last game, I think, to the Dodgers, and the Braves won it. 103 games, and they went home. So uh, I, I'm all for the walk-offs. I think, I think the additional third walk-off, it'll come down to the last day, last week in the season. I think it's really exciting. Wayne? Yeah, I, I understand the All-Star game. No one really cares about it. Why, why does interleague uh, games affect the World Series? Why, why, why do you not want to watch the World Series more? Because I, I, I do, Wayne. When I was a young boy growing up, I loved the World Series. because you don't, love, another... you don't love it now? No, because, because you see, you're seeing the interleague, interleague play throughout the season. The thrill for me is somewhat gone. But they, they but only they only play three games against uh, against interleague teams. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Well, yeah, okay. Jerry, uh, if you would love interleague games if the Mets were in the World Series. You wouldn't care, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd say that's great. I love interleague games. <laughs> that would be different, Wayne. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Uh, Mike. 
Yeah, uh, Larry. Um, most economists think that it's a good thing if industry expands output, right? But you're saying it would be a much better thing if an industry contracted output. Is that not so? <laughs> There's been an analysis done about interleague play. And the interleague, uh, the, the idea was that interleague play would increase uh, attendance. And it turns out that with, without interleague play, the same thing occurred during the July, June, July, and August period. So it's, it's a misnomer that attendance would increase, according to this analysis I read, uh, uh, by, 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 by doing that. Larry, the, Larry, attendance is not the main monetary uh, feature. Yeah, it's revenue, it's, of course. It, it's revenue. It's TV, it's TV money. That's what yeah, it is. It's, it's, money. it's like Look, football. I, I acknowledge that. This, this is a dream. It's never going to happen. No, I understand. Money, I mean, it's, it, it, it's the same in football. <laughs> attendance in football, there's really, you know, they'll get some money out of it. The football money is, is what the networks are paying, the billions of dollars. And that's the money in, in of football. Course. Of course. Speaking, speaking of football, Wayne, when are they going to go to an 18-game season in the NFL? They're up to 17. I, think I, I, the play, I don't think that would have to be negotiated. I don't think the yeah, player would negotiate an 18-game. next contract. When it's, when they the put grass on all fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred? Oh. Yeah. In terms of the wild card, I, th I think it's great with three. I mean, every day I look at the, I look at the standings to see what's what. I have the MLB extra innings package. I look to see what games I can watch. I, the other night I stayed up to one o'clock in the morning watching a great, forget which one it was. I think Arizona and the Cubs watching games in the West Coast. I mean, I, I think it's great. I think interest in baseball would wane. I mean, look at the, the Braves. What are they, 22 games in first place? In, right. You know, and you know, and, and look at every day. I look to see the, the Cubs ahead of the Reds or the Reds, you know, and, it, and it's great. I, I think it's great. I think I have a little thing. I guess the losing team's a chance. All right. Thank you for that story. Oh, Joe, one last comment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree with the with the wild card because it adds a lot more interest. And otherwise, you'd only have three teams in each league out of fifteen. The twelve teams would you'd lose interest in twelve teams pretty early on. Um, but for interleague play, the whole idea I think behind the original uh, conception of interleague play was to have natural rivalries. The Mets versus the Yankees and the Giants versus the Dodgers, the White Sox and the Cubs. You know, and now it's just an amorphous blob and it makes no sense. Nobody wants to see many of these games. So I would cut back a lot in interleague play. And I and I put back and I put back with the teams, especially toward the end of the season, play within their own division. I can't see them cutting the schedule. What happens? Everything is records. Records, records, records. Yeah. How many of this? How many do you have? How many did he have? You know, all different statistics. You cut down to 140 games, they can never right. achieve to break a record. I guess. Well, well with 100, line, that's now that's we start all over again. Yeah, but with 100, in the first in the first 35 years of baseball was 140. Yeah. Yeah. No more. What it is, Mark, I think, is that with 162 games plus all the wild card games, you're really putting a burden on pitching, you know, yeah. that may prove unsustainable. Yeah. And if baseball, if baseball ever expands by two by two teams, you're gonna have to wait to get where you're gonna find all these all these pitches from. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, they're out there. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Mike, Mike, and then touched upon the point I was going to make. We're, we're going to see 32 teams within a few years. Yeah. And that means 16 teams uh, in each league. And so four division winners. So it seems to me uh, pretty likely we will see four wild cards from yeah. each league. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what's coming in the next several years. And what do you do if you, if you, if you don't have wild cards and you have three, there's three divisions in each league now, right? Three right. divisions. Yeah, but that'll change. So how do you how do you do a playoff there? The best record sits has a bye, and the two other teams battle it out, and then they, well, they, they play if, the if, NFL. They, if, if no, if they expanded it by two teams, well, next, next they would probably they would probably have four divisions of four teams yeah. each. Yeah. in each yeah. league, so yeah. you have you know yeah. one play four, two play three, or something like that. All right, Gerald. Joe, to your point, I couldn't care less about the Mets playing Oakland. I don't see right. the match there. Right. The rivalry, yeah, example. but Joe, 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 it, it gives people like a Pittsburgh Pirates to see a, a player like Ohani. And then yeah. the Mets would never see a player like that. Right. That is true. It gives but... uh, the Cincinnati Reds a chance to see, uh, see Aaron yeah. Judge hit. And and, and and that and that was the whole purpose of doing the interleague play. Right. So yeah. so every every other year, like like you say, like if Otani was in Pittsburgh, ne- next year Pittsburgh will play in, in right. California. Like Aaron Judge this year was in Cincinnati. Next year the Reds will be here. Correct. So, yeah. And and Wayne, to your point, uh, when the Yankees traveled to, to Pittsburgh, that juices the gate for the Pirates and, and helps their revenue. Yeah. So I, I guess that's a fact. Everywhere, everywhere Ohani would play, it would increase the gate. And we're yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you there. Michael, your uh, Yankees and Jets rant sponsored by the number 37. <laughs> 37 is your sponsor. Casey Stengel. Well, Casey, thank <laughs> you. I said this earlier uh, in the pregame show on on, uh, on the Mark Sports Talk. That I think that uh, this coming Sunday's game is the biggest, most important Jet game since a lot of us were uh, twenty in our twenties and teenagers. <laughs> because I think if they lose this game, I believe they could might as well uh, tank for uh, a first round draft choice because they're uh, they're going to have another <laughs> terrible season. That that's just me. But just to give you an idea how lousy the Jets are, the Jets haven't made the playoffs in twelve years which was already the longest playoff drought in the NFL. Uh, Only the Sacramento Kings, uh, if not for them, the Jets have the longest playoff drought. And now, now actually, they have the longest playoff drought in all of North American professional sports. Yeah, the Kings last last reached the playoffs in 2006 as a 16-year playoff drought. Kings made the playoffs this past year. Right. Oh. It, made, it was made it. And now the oh. Jets hold the record, the dubious oh. title of last reaching the playoffs in 2010. All right. The Jets <laughs> have won, just had one, had just one winning record during all that stretch. They were 10 and 6 in 2015, enduring seven consecutive losing seasons. New York is 70 and 124 since the start of the 2011 season, as, the, as they had a 361 win percentage that trails only the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns as the worst in the NFL. To make matters worse, the Jets have started 13 different quarterbacks since the start of the playoff drought and all 13 of them to be 14. Records. Just to give you an idea, 
And, you know, in the back of your head, you can think of all the, the catastrophic moments in the history of the Jets, you know, the, the fake hunt uh, <laughs> and, and all the crazy, the, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, what, what Marino did and the mud bowl and uh, uh, the butt fumble. And you just could imagine how <laughs> years of crappy, crappy Jets. And uh on the radio, they're going crazy. Uh was it for Zach? Back Zach. So maybe you should back Zach and uh hope for him and pray for him when he comes out on the field. With the Yankees, I wrote a little ditty called If. And here are the things that if it happened, not only not only would the Yankees be playing for the playoffs, they'd probably be uh a shoo-in for the World Series. That's how good this would have been for the Yankees. If, okay, uh, here is the entire if, okay, very, very. Uh, and, and Thank you, the, Richard uh, Kipling. Number one, yeah. the most obvious about the Yankees, most obvious, right. if Judge was never hurt, okay? But he was. Two, if Stanton remained in Scranton, right, <laughs> until he regained his swing, he stayed the entire time. I think he could have stayed there for at least 21 uh, days, all right? And if he had to play for the Yankees, he should have batted ninth until he regained that aforementioned swing. If the Utes came up as soon as the Yankees began to consistently lose, that didn't happen. They The Utes came up. Uh, it was too late already, okay? Uh, if Severino... He should have stayed in Scranton until he became a consistent pitcher again. Instead, he came up and Boone took the aforementioned Scranton out of the road. If Boone took the aforementioned Scranton out of uh, Severino out of the rotation when he was considered the worst pitcher in baseball, costing the Yankees quite a few games, uh, maybe Boone and the Yankees realized this too late. And as a matter of fact, if Boone realized that Michael King should have been the real uh, uh, co, uh, co could you imagine I lost my place here. Uh, if Michael King could have been the real co-ace uh, pitcher, because uh, he's probably the best pitcher in the Yankees. He's even maybe even better than, than Cole. That's how uh, good he's been, okay? If who noticed that when losing, I, I mentioned this in, in the past, if who noticed when losing 2 nothing a couple of weeks ago, Rodon was about to get lit up and they should have taken – he should have been taken out and maybe put in somebody like Vasquez. And instead, the loss uh, – this loss followed a five-game winning streak, and that actually signified the end of the Yankees in the pennant race altogether. If Loisica and Cortez's injuries were better diagnosed, perhaps both could have re returned before, uh, before it was too late. If Boone eased up on the dependence – on analytics and left pitchers in games who were throwing the lights out, and instead he would take them out for uh, uh, lefty-righty switches. And by the way, the Yankees' baseball fundamentals, such as situational hitting, bunting, and base running, uh, or weren't if if they weren't already lacking, they would be much better. Mm -hmm. The Yankees realized they should have DFA Josh Donaldson last year, right after the Tim Anderson, Jackie Bruhaha, and not let him become a frequent extra out in the lineup and not become a fan pariah. If they realized that they jumped the gun with fan favorite Harrison Bader, all right, 
And uh, Harrison Bader is another one where he's sitting. You know, I keep losing my place. It's so stupid. Uh, my stupid, uh, right? Uh, here we go. If they realize that they jumped the gun with Harrison Bader, uh, it was downright cruel the way he placed the, the way they placed him on waivers. He was in the kitchen inside the Yankee clubhouse about 10 to 15 minutes before the game when he looked up at the TV and he saw on ESPN uh, that they were announcing that he was placed on waivers. And his first reaction was, what does waivers mean? And then after finding out, he had to play a game in uh, under the influence of being on waivers. And by the way, uh, uh, Bader was eventually claimed by the Reds and he hit poorly, and now he's on the IR. Uh, that's the end. You, you probably would never hear from Bader again. Who knows? If the Yankees properly diagnosed Jason Dominguez's uh, Martian injury, maybe if they did it a little earlier before it became serious, if they got a personal base running coach with Gleyber Torres and find him for frequent mistakes on the base paths, if Jeff Nelson became a Yankees regular analyst, so oh. telecast would be so much better. <laughs> if John Sterling is enough, enough already. Enough. All right, enough. And Emmanuel Barbaric and have opportunities to ra to do radio broadcasts. They're both excellent. If they shut right, down Aaron right. Judge, all right, Mike. All right, all right, enough. Judge Regular are now before the season, so he can fully heal mm. and not see him back two forty-five. If they realize how nice it would be to have more weekday day games. Uh, every if team can say the same thing if, if, if. Right? If, 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 if the lament of losers. Third base. The lament of losers if. Right? <laughs> if they realize the current best third baseman for a long time was IKF offensively and defensively. If they simulcast ESPN oh. games also on yes, because ESPN <laughs> telecasts are so annoyingly unwatchable, especially with the split screen and all those stupid interviews while the game is going on and it's ridiculous and nobody cares about what they're interviewing. And if Prime and Peacock... Mike, it's and enough Apple already. Enough. Enough. It's enough. You're losing, the, right. you're losing the crowd, Michael. You lost the crowd. Stop them. If uh, Prime, Peacock, <laughs> and Apple TV got <laughs> the refunds, when Come on, Mark, get the hook. And other technical difficulties. <laughs> Bring me the righty. Bring me the righty. Get the hook. <laughs> uh, we get then the point, Michael. Michael, we got the point. Michael. I, I, my suggestion to Michael do this, but I realized it was so long. Comments. Milton. Why, why did Dominguez have to have a surgery in Texas? Aren't there any great doctors in New York? He went to Arlington, Texas to have that elbow done. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know. Gerald was done. Two thoughts. I don't think uh, Stanton could be sent down to Scranton because he's a five and ten year man. Number number two regarding the Jets. Let me ask you this question, Mike. We all <laughs> acknowledge that Salah threw Zach Wilson under the bus last year after Rogers in injury. Salah said, you're my man, to Zach Wilson. So here's two mm -hmm. hypotheticals. Let's assume that Zach Wilson carries the Jets to the playoffs. And the miraculous operation that Rodgers is going to have allows him to heal just in time for the playoffs. Are the Jets going to say to Zach Wilson, good season, 
You'll now be on the bench. Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. It's it's it, it ain't happening. <laughs> no, but that's happened before in football, where uh, a backup quarterback does very very well, and then the the star comes back again. Look at uh, Tim Hostetler. Tim Hostetler won the Super Bowl for the Giants, and the yeah. following year, Tim's was back. Right. That's uh, that's the way it goes in football. Okay. Well. Well, one of the biggest one of the biggest cliches in coaching is that the starting quarterback never loses his job because of an injury. Mm. Not Correct. true, but, but that's Fred, always been the Fred. That's always that's what the coaches always say. What, what should happen Sundays? The f- fans should take a, a page out of the Philadelphia Philly fans and Trey Turner and just get, uh, give uh, Zach Wilson and the whole the whole team a standing ovation when they come out and. And, and and back him up and, and, and give the guy a chance. I yeah. would do that if I was at the game on Sunday. Of course. It ain't happening. Hello. All right. Thank you. Uh, who was that? Michael. We have to move on to uh, Mets moments. Any Mets be... news, Joe from, New- Joe from New Jersey, sponsored yeah. by Jigsaw Puzzles. What do you have? Jigsaw Puzzles. I'll be brief. So I'm... So the uh, there are rumors that they're working toward a deal with Alonzo. <laughs> they're apparently okay on money, but they're a part in the number of guaranteed years. Uh, if that's true, then they'll probably get it done. They'll figure it out. Um, also, an interesting thing, Tommy Pham, apparent, Pham, after he was traded, apparently was talking to, um, it might have been Lindor, and he criticized some of the Mets for what he considered their cavalier attitude toward practice. Some of them were hanging out in the clubhouse playing pool when maybe they should have been on the field. He he praised Lindor, Alonso, and Nimmo, but apparently threw the rest of them uh, under the bus. So, I don't know. Anyway, last night's game was interesting. They got a lot of hitting. Two homers from uh, Vientos and a blast. I mean, Beatty just crushed that ball. A rocket. But- Right, yeah, 440 feet. Um, anyway, they've got uh, you know, they got a, a jam in the infield. They have three infielders. I think Vientos is considered an infielder, if I'm not sure, although he's more of a DH, and they've only got two positions. Alonzo's not going anywhere, probably. Um, so I don't know. Do you trade? Uh, do you trade Beatty? He's the obvious candidate to be traded. I think if they're going to trade anybody, Vientos looks like he's, uh, you know, looks like he may be the better hitter. Um, Beatty had a better glove uh, than, than Doesn't look. It doesn't look like Mauricio is going to go anywhere. And Mauricio is the best athlete out of all of them, and he probably can move over to third, and he'll be, you know, he'll be the third baseman. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to go into pitching this week. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it next week. So that's uh, that's it. I'll be. I promised I'd be brief. Thank you, Gerald. Joe uh, Mauricio at third base scares me. I know it's a small sample yeah. size, but he scares me at third base. Why? Well, why? Because I saw him make a, a number of lousy plays. I, I saw. Harris. I saw him go. Uh, Wide to the left to uh, cut yeah. balls off, and he got a fabulous arm. Yeah, I mean, Beatty made some beautiful plays, too. I don't know, but I think if it comes down to between Beatty and Mauricio, I think Mauricio has probably got yeah. the bigger upside. Mauricio's not going anywhere. Yeah, Mauricio, yeah, I, I think, going anyway. Switch I think to the, that, 
I think he's athletic enough that he could probably, uh, you know, become a, a pretty good third baseman. Yeah. Right. Barring any injuries. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Thank you, Joe, for being brief. Uh, <laughs> hope, hopefully, Fred, you'll be brief with the New York Giants. Yeah, I'll be As they go tonight against tonight. the 49 What a game. Yeah. What sponsored a game. by Electric I feel, Fans. I feel like it's me versus Howie tonight. <laughs> okay, what do you have? Yeah, well, I mean, tonight was going to be a tough game regardless, but now with Thomas and Barkley out and Ojolari and the, the best guard, Bren, Bredson, it's going to be a tough game for the Giants. The 49ers have their home opener. Giants, maybe we can get some momentum off off the uh, second half of, after they played a, a terrible first half, and we'll see what's what. And the defense, the Giants are the only team in the league with no sacks, no tur- and and no turnovers. So the offensive line's got to stop the, the the vaunted 49er offensive line. I don't expect to win, but I hope to hope it's close, and maybe I'll maybe they'll surprise me. But we'll have to see. But, um, we'll have to see what's what. I mean, couldn't have played the worst first six quarters of football. But, well, let's see what happens tonight. Uh, it's, on, on, it's, it's on Prime. It's on Prime, right? Prime and channel, uh, it's also on uh, on, also on channel, five, channel five in New York. Yeah, local yeah we got local too. Local, yeah, Fox. you have a right. The, the areas have all right. Local. Thank you. Oh, that's Howie, good. we come back to you now. Your West Coast report sponsored by Portable Toilets. 40 pots. <laughs> Call ahead. We haven't heard from you in weeks. What do you have? I'm sorry. My internet is unstable. <laughs> uh, not me, the internet. Uh, like football team. <laughs> the jury's out, Howie. Uh, I don't know if you guys were able to see the Ram 49er game back east. Uh, but it was a dandy of a game. Usually, I expected to have the 49ers run all over the Rams because the Rams were supposedly in this uh, rebuilding phase. And a lot of 49er fans go down there, and it's like a home game for them. But the Rams uh, surprised that guy. I mean, the Niners, basically the first half was the Christian McCaffrey half. And then the second half, I, I said to my wife, where's Debo? Oh, the second half, they started using Debo. And, of course, um, what's his name? The wide receiver. Ayuk? Ayuk. Samuel? The Ram guy? Is, is, did Howie freeze? I think he froze. He froze? Yeah. Howie. Oh, no, I said wide receiver. The wide receiver for the Niners, what's his name? Whose name I, I forgot? Ayuk. Ayuk. Ayuk, who was in the doghouse two years ago with the coach. He's questionable you know, tonight, right? And he's, he, he, well, he practiced, limited practice yeah. on Tuesday. He'll, he'll play. But uh, uh, the, the thing about the game was it was much more exciting than I thought. And the Rams covered with that last second field goal. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, the Rams really impressed me. I mean, Stafford, I've always admired Stafford's arm, Canada arm. But this rookie wide receiver, Puka Nakua, talk about a name. Mm. I'm not sure where he's at. Of My wife asked me, yeah, and I, I said, I don't know. He, yeah, he must I'm be wondering that myself. Where he's USC from. or UCLA, you figure, you're right? No, I don't think so. But he had a tremendous game, just tremendous. The speed, the way he kept, 
court. The one I gotta take a phone was, call, so please continue. And from here, if you want to go on to Mike. The one mistake he made was he stopped on the route and he should have gone into the end zone. He it would have been a touchdown. Stafford really went crazy about it and they showed it afterwards. But this kid is something to watch. And the, uh, the running back, second year running back, Kyron Williams played excellent, except for when he caught the ball and went off him and they, they intercepted him. Uh, no Cooper Cup until the fifth week. But the Rams are really worth worth watching if you if you you know what love football. Uh, Cam Makers was coach's decision not to play, and uh, it was it was a personal thing. And, and I see here he was traded to the Vikings yeah. uh, for a late round uh, draft exchanging late round draft picks. Uh, McKay doesn't uh, suffer fools. By the way, uh, the uh, the Rams had drafted, uh, remember Stetson Bennett? Yeah, the, Georgia. Uh, Georgia quarterback, two-time yeah. champion, fourth round. Well, he was cut uh, after, uh, he was cut uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't say why, but again, I think it's personal behavior. He had, yeah. I think, the DUI uh, before the Senior Bowl. And uh, I think that's carried it along. And it's a shame. These guys, they're, you know, NFL quarterbacks and they have a chance and it just blows it. So we'll see if, we, if that's the last we heard about Stetson Bennett. Now, I'm not going to do a Mike Finer and go with the Giants. Mm. If, 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 mm. if, you know, I mean, the Giants season was basically lost. Last week, and when mm. they lost the first three games to lowly uh, Colorado, yeah. uh, and I'm not going to say anything good about the Giants. Basically, they had they're the worst fielding team in the major leagues. Uh, <laughs> they're pitching. I mean, yeah, there were injuries, if if if, but uh, oh, you know, just overworked bullpen. Uh, the other thing the Giants didn't do. Uh, here, the, the new rules uh, said, well, you got to run, be more athletic. <laughs> the Giants were the least running team, the 30th in the league. You know who the two worst were? And one of them is the White Sox. The other is the Yankees. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. uh, so the Giants were right down there with them. That's yeah, our base. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about the Giants is Two years ago, they won 107 games, but other than that, they've been pretty mediocre, and they were 500 last year, 500 this year. Uh, the attendance has gone down since uh, they last had a winning record, which was 2016, I believe. The attendance is down 26%, so they're affecting the fans. Uh They've tried to sign players. They tried Otani. They tried Judge. Tried Correa. And they backed off. They did sign oh, Carlos Rodon, who opted out after a year of his contract to get more money. We know what happened to Rodon. Mm. Uh, but uh, they really need to take a hard look at their, their roster. They haven't had uh, a regular lineup all year. There's like uh, half a dozen guys have batted 
cleanup and uh, partly due to injuries, but they really have to take a good look at themselves <laughs> and see, you know, what works and what doesn't. <laughs> I'll say no more. Take any questions. <laughs> take the questions. Uh, all right, Gerald. Howie, quick question. How are the two former Mets doing on the Giants, Conforto and Ed Davis? Well, Davis has had a pretty good year. I mean, uh, he's been, he was injured a little bit, but he's really had a good year. I don't know about his fielding. Uh, and Conforto was injured. And uh, yeah. both he and Hanny, when, you know, you're injured and then you get come back, you're not really 100%. And and that's it. The other day, I think I was texting Roger and Mike, and I said, oh, finally, the Giants lineup is just the way it should be. But the the injuries affect these guys, and so forget it, you know? Fred? Howie. Oh, good. Fred, Fred? Yeah. Howie, did McVay say why he kicked a field goal with, like, no time on the clock? Because yeah. there was a lot of controversy here. We, you know, with, with gambling and this point spread, yeah. as you alluded to. Seven and a half points. Uh, I think it was spread with seven and a half, yeah. and they won by seven. Yeah, he did explain it. He, they said they wanted to get the field goal out there. It was, it was the right call. Hmm. But he, he even he admitted, he admitted that he just didn't have the time. So he figured instead of having Stafford, risking Stafford throw, throw something in end zone, risking hmm. an injury, Thinking, look, let's give the field goal unit a chance to practice, you know. Right. Uh, in that game, by the way, the the uh, Moody, the field goal kicker for the uh, Niners, kicked a fifty-seven yarder, and that impressed me. And there, there was a there was a game the day before, a guy from Missouri, sixty-one yards to win to win the game in overtime against Kansas State. Right. Was, yeah. right, right, right. They, they probably they needed two scores, so touchdown field goal. Even though except the clock except, was, except there was like no time on the clock, clock. ran out. I know the clock, clock ran, ran out, out, so they didn't even attempt. They couldn't even attempt an onside kick right, afterwards. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, miracles do happen, so we need two scores. There was no miracles. The clock was out. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they uh, Michael, the then Roger, yeah. then we move on. Again. Are the Oakland A's gone after after this year, or they're going to play another game, another season in Oakland? I think they're playing. I think the lease is up after next year. And then it'll be either they'll play at the minor league park in Vegas, their minor league park in Vegas, or if they can make an agreement with the Giants, they'll play at Oracle Park in San Francisco. Wow. wow. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, uh, Roger? And, and how, in spite of this crazy season for the Giants, are still, what, only two games out of the wild card? <laughs> well, I think it's like three. But three now? I mean, after last week, well, I said yeah. they have to win both games in Arizona. And right. Yeah. And you saw what happened last year with the Phillies. I mean, they were the last team that qualified, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah right. they won like 88 games, and yeah. they were in the World Series. So how do you feel about that? A t again, going back to the wild card situation, a team gets hot, and they're – they get to the they get to the World Series. Happens yeah. in all sports. Then the Giants yes. had the Super Bowl. They were nine and seven. Yep, they right. did. Well, they the Met you, you mentioned the Mets in seventy three. The Mets were right. barely a five hundred, just over right. five hundred yeah. team. Yeah, and they beat out the yeah, none of you but, guys they, but they won the division. Right, they won the division. They, they won a wild card in seventy three. No, but no, but they were barely 
won the division. They beat yeah. the Cardinals. Yeah. They, the they, they, the the they took the A seven. They took the A's for seven games. Yeah, three two. Yeah. All right. Thanks. I didn't hear half your stuff. That was the adjuster for my car. <laughs> Oh. No, we have get to get back. I said to, no, we need to back yet. So we're gonna call, I, I gotta call him tomorrow. All right, let's move on to Mike from DC and Virginia Sports Report. Long time to, to, to wait for you. You're sponsored by extension cords. So what do you have for us? <laughs> hey, I'm on the way up. I like that. Um oh, incidentally, uh, uh, that guy Nakua started at Washington, uh came out of uh, Brigham Young. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was about a fifth round draft choice, something like that, and he has been outstanding wow. in the first two weeks. Um, pretty brief uh, report. Um, it's hard to convey uh, exactly how the Washington D.C. area felt about the Washington Commanders, nay Redskins, uh, when Snyder was in charge. Uh, I would say, in a sense, it unified the community. There was uh, unified contempt uh, for the franchise, for Snyder, for the front office. For everything. And so it's it's hard to even to convey how, how much that's changed this year, how there's a kind of a renewed spirit, let's call it, in uh, D.C. and an interest in the uh, commanders and feeling of enthusiasm and all that kind of stuff. If you saw their game against Denver this last week, a game they won 35-33, uh, kind of squeezed through at the end there, you will know that this was a game about Russell Wilson. In the early part of this game, Russell Wilson was just on fire, and he ran them up to a 21-3 lead. Then the next time they got the ball, he fumbled. Washington recovered. Washington took it down and scored a touchdown. And after that, uh, Denver did not get a touchdown until the last play of the game, the last regular part of the regular game, when he threw a Hail Mary, which bounced around and up into the air, and some guy caught it for Denver in the end zone, and so they got within two, and then there was an incomplete pass, and so the commanders ended up winning 35-33. So when Wilson goes right, this is a pretty good team. When Wilson is not on, and that was for most of this game, uh, they are not a good team. The Washington Mystics uh, gave uh, the Liberty a pretty good fight in the second game, went into second overtime, but they lost, and they are out of the playoffs. So it's the end of the WBNA season in this city. And finally, the Nationals. Um, I was watching the last couple of days, and I have formed the opinion they, they have risen to mediocrity. And I say that because having watched the White Sox, for a couple of days, you can see what a really bad team looks like. And compared to them, Washington is a step up. So they're <laughs> gonna finish the season with 70 something wins, a few over 70. And it was a rebuilding year and they have some pretty good minor league players and we'll just have to see what they can get out of those players next year. I asked my report. Thank you. Anybody have any comments, questions for Mike? Oh, you're lucky. Uh, well, Howie. It's not about with Mike, but uh, I just learned Brandon Ayuk is, is out for the game today. Oh. Tonight. So mm. watch out for Debo. And did you <laughs> talk Jennings, about uh, did you talk about uh, Puka Nakua? Anybody talk about him? Just briefly. Receiver on the Rams? Yeah. 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 Talk about yeah. 
Yeah, yeah we were right from Washington. Went I'm right right he's not. He's not Hawaiian. He's Samoan. He's West Samoan. Samoan. Yeah. And he played ball of Washington. BYU. I didn't know. He didn't know you talk about him. Yeah. Or he's off to a great start. Just want to ask Mike one question? Yeah, quick, quick. Mike, how was Sam Howell in the game? Does he look like he might be the real deal? I know it's only two games. I, I thought there was progress. Uh, still some problem with his holding the ball longer than he should. But mm. by and large, I thought he was quite good and uh, uh, didn't seem to be uh, discouraged or dispirited by the early uh, goings-on. Came back and uh, overall played a pretty good game. And once they got the lead, that defensive line was just uh, overpowering, you know, once they knew that Wilson was going to be throwing most downs. So that's the thing. If Washington yeah. gets leads, they're they're a tough team. Yeah, I think um, this week they play Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Howard, a question for you. Who's next up for the 49ers with Ayuk uh, out? Uh, Juwan Jennings. They got oh, yeah. Jennings and a guy, Bell, mostly plays on the special teams, I, I believe, and uh, Ray Ray Leonard. Ray Ray. Ray Ray Leonard. Ray Ray Leonard. Uh, but uh, uh, Jennings uh, saw a lot of action last year. You know, but, you know, they, you'll see, probably they see a lot of Christian McCaffrey, you know, getting passes yeah. and all. So. Debo Samuel. And yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in the tight end, Kittle. Kittle, yeah, right. George. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing I did mention, the thing last week was there were a few times that uh, uh, Purdy overthrew his receivers. Uh, they could have had a, a, a few good completions. And uh, even the coach, Shanahan, mentioned that, and they have to correct that. But, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty confident against the Giants. Even though I love mm. the Giants, man. Mm. Mm. I smell a route. Okay, I don't. I smell a tight game with the Giants. Uh, when you're Christian McCaffrey, it's a route. It's a route. Uh, he's a right, we'll say, we'll say, we'll say, we'll say. Got his best friend on the Giants at linebacker. Thank you, uh, Mike, on that report. Yeah, uh, yeah. The scuttlebutt on the on uh, McCaffrey is that the coach has admitted that he's made a mistake. Right, the first two weeks by running McCaffrey way too much. And uh, what is it? Mitchell is the backup runner. Elijah Mitchell. He's pretty uh, damn good. Well, yeah. the second half, the second half, was, you hardly saw McCaffrey. All of a sudden, it was Debo. And I wondered why they didn't, because Debo is not, he's like not a running back, not a running back. You know, he's, he, 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 he's an anything guy. He's uh, <laughs> a unique player. So I expect to see more of Debo tonight. Well, we'll see. Only time will tell. You have to eat your dinner first before you could watch. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> uh, let's go and talk about a couple of the baseball stuff here. Uh, last week, due to the Rosh Hashanah, the Yankee games on radio were called by Emmanuel Burbari, 24 years old, and Justin <laughs> Shackled. Anyone, anyone hear them? Anyone hear the, these guys? You heard yeah. them? Yeah, they were good. They were good. Yeah, Very John good. Sterling didn't make the trip to Pittsburgh, and Susan Waldman was uh, wearing uh, the Talit in Temple. <laughs> <laughs> but they did good, Michael. Yeah. Very good. They were Very good. enjoyable. As a matter of fact, I left it on in my Alexa, and I shut the sound on my TV. Uh huh. 
So there were reports about the Yankees on, as of now, for next year. See if you agree what they say. Volpe will be back at shortstop with Peraza playing full-time third base. Austin Wells will be a platoon catcher. Uh, Everson Pariah will be back in Triple A because he he hasn't hit at all. Waldo uh, Cabrera will be a backup infield now. Field he's doing this year, and Esteban Florial will be out of the Yankee organization. You agree? No, I think after after the way Lemayu has come on in the second half, I think they should start him as the as the everyday third baseman. All right, all right. start the season. We'll see. We'll see how old he'll be. 38, 39 years old, right? Not 39, younger than that. 34, 35. No, I think he's older than that. I don't think so. We'll see. I think Fred is right. (laughs) You're muted, Gerald. And Mark, also, Michael King is getting better and better. Mark, Mark, wasn't Floreal DFA'd and uh, put on weight? Nobody wanted him. Nobody's back. He's back. He's back. So, have you been watching uh, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr.? I keep mentioning him each week. He needs oh. one home run to be a 40-70 man. Yeah, unbelievable. and 70 yeah. stolen bases. Never been done before. Four players have been 40-40. Uh, Canseco, Bonds, A-Rod, and Alfonso Soriano gets yeah. his name into yeah. With Washington, yeah. Yeah. Six players have 40 Six players now have 40 or more stolen bases because the stolen bases are back this year. Uh, and Bobby Witt of the Royals has 29 homers and 45 steals. Yeah. He's having a fabulous year for a terrible yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. And this guy, Corbin Carroll, he'll be yeah. here for the year. What a yeah. season he's having. He's yeah. the first rookie with 25 homers and 50 steals. Right. What a, what a season. Uh, let's see what else here. Do you hear about the Red Sox number three prospect? His name is, I never heard him before, Sedane Raphael. Don't even know where he plays. But he, they, the Red Sox gave him a call to saying, you're coming to the big team, right? You're getting your call to the show, right? He, he couldn't pick up the phone because he was playing with his PlayStation. Um. <laughs> God. He missed the call. Priorities, Mark. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they should have texted him. The Orioles, as of now, and I think when I wrote this, I don't think they. Anyway, the, they're the last. As of last weekend, they're the only team this year that has not. It says not been swept in a series. I don't wow. think they've lost yeah. a series. I don't no. think they've not been swept. They've lost, no, they, but not been swept. They, they've come close to being. Like, but they haven't been swept. You're right. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. The Astros are making changes to the batter's eye at Minute Maid Park as they're adding more green paint <laughs> to the right of the batter's eye. Players voice concerns. Teams have struggled, have struggled at home all year. Uh, they're great on the road. They haven't been great at home, their own team. So they're right. gonna make they're gonna make the changes. As that, a ball, that ballpark has made a lot of change. Maybe years ago, they had that incline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. the Beltron with the show Beltron yeah. up the hill to make a catch. Yep. 
Are, are they are they doing that thing with the paint now or after the season? I think now, Mark. Right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Why would they do it with one week to go? I don't know. Interesting. I mean, I mean, I mean, did they are they allowed to do that? Make it well, just, just a paint, the just a paint job. Why not? Well, yeah, it's not like moving the fences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Safety, the safety, maybe, huh? Uh, initially batting race, I, I thought it'd be closer at this point, but since Lewis Arise has been out injured, yeah, he didn't go down. He's at three fifty-four. <laughs> Acuna's three thirty-seven. Freddie Freeman three thirty-three. With how many games left? Uh, eight, nine games left. Yes, yeah. no more. Yeah. I'm not gonna catch him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, would, you, would you think Cole's gonna get the Cy Young? Yeah, American yeah. League, especially if he has two good games or whatever. I agree. I think, I think Spencer Strider will get it for the break. Oh yeah, um, you don't think so? you don't think the guy in the Cubs steal? This guy Strider has four hundred and thirty-five strikeouts in his first fifty starts. Mm. That's the best in baseball since nineteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about that? Mm. How about what's that? His... What? I was going to say, what's his record? But that doesn't really matter anymore. He has a fabulous record. He's had a fabulous 17 wins or something. Oh, he does? Oh, okay. I didn't realize he had that many. Blake, like Blake Snell's had a fabulous with Yeah, yeah. Snell. Snell is also in there. He had that no yeah. hitter the other night for seven innings. They yeah. Took yeah. Him Should be a close vote. Uh, Bartolo Colon, 50 years old, officially retired as a Met. Mm-hmm. He, oh, even though he didn't, pl- he played. I think with the Indians a lot longer than the men. Yeah. He's always had a uh, desire. He loved, mm. loves the fans. Uh, they dubbed him uh, uh, Syndergaard. Dubbed him the Big Sexy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he was with, only with the Mets for two two years. Uh, fourteen to sixteen. I guess that's three years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was forty-one. He date when he debuted as a Met. He spent three mm. seasons. He mm. won the Cy Young. 05 with the Indians. And uh, last Sunday, the first 15,000 received a big sexy t shirt. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, what I thought it was interesting because I, I mentioned before why do you have two leagues with statistics the best batting average, the best mm. uh, run scored, RBIs, home runs by, by league when it doesn't make sense. So, I was, I always like to compare. Why do I do that? I don't know why I do that. But for the first time I've ever seen this before, comparing both leagues in batting average, runs scored, RBIs, hits, doubles, triples, home runs, stolen bases, pitching records, and strikeouts, the National League was had the higher total right on down the line. Every one of those titles, if you compare one league to the other. I've never seen that before. Interesting. And uh, did you hear about Charlie Manuel who suffered a stroke while undergoing yeah. a medical procedure? So when you guys oh. have to go through some simple medical procedures, be careful. The guy had a stroke. Well, at so, least he had it in the doctor's office. They knew what to yeah, do. Yeah, to, to remove a blood clot. I think they said he was doing much better like the day after. They removed the blood clot. He's right there in the hospital. Uh, the Ducks are in the playoffs, the Long Island Ducks, but they're down two games in a three to five series. So um, I don't, it'll be a miracle for them to uh, come back. You know, they said that the, the Eagles Vikings game last Thursday was on Amazon prime. And it was the most streamed game ever 
in NFL history. Wow. Amazing for those two teams. Okay, no comments. <laughs> Mark, I got one I got one more baseball note. Yeah, I have a lot more. What do you got? Oh, you have more? I, maybe I, you I, I keep on going. Yeah, what do you got, babe? What do you got? Uh, the guy in the Mets, Alcuna's brother, got hit in the face the other day. Yeah. You're going to mention wow. this? No. I, I was done with the baseball. But there you go. Him. So he's, yeah, he's, he's done. He's done. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's good. They won the first game in a two out of three series against the Yankees. Uh, Somerset team. Yes. I'm not sure if he's going to play tonight in game two. Um, Gerald, you want to say something before I continue? Yes. Yeah. Maybe somebody can enlighten me on this. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, on TV, the Met game was on SNY and on one of the Fox channels. I thought I thought uh, that would not happen. They wouldn't no. be competing. Doesn't SNY Which have Fox? Not, right? not not over the air. I think Fox won. I don't. They may Fox not have Sports exclusivity. One? Okay, maybe it's, did. it's because I like can basketball too. I think when. When a game is on ESPN, it's it's still showed locally. I think, and sometimes it's a question of who has exclusivity. Right. Okay. When they have MLB regional coverage, they don't cover the Mets ever. I don't know. I guess it's a rarity. But okay. who's the Met, who's the governor of New Jersey? Bill Murphy. Bill, Bill Murphy. Murphy. Bill Murphy. My governor. The and, new- and the lieutenant governor is why. He's a guy who's I'm going to play, play say it right now. You blew it. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were going to say that. Words, man. Sorry. Newly appointed Lieutenant Governor of New Jersey is Taisha Way. Right. The wife of the former giant running fullback, Charles, Charles. Way. Mm. Right. Thank you, Fred. Sorry. Well, Mike, my story. Mike, you got a comment? Sorry. Yeah, I have a question for you guys. So the other day, Tampa Bay was in town, was leading the Orioles 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth inning, a runner on first base and a right-handed reliever, their their closer, and a left-handed batter up at the plate for the Orioles. And it's about one and two in the count or something like that. Pitch comes in. The guy hits a ground ball down the third baseline, goes into the left field corner. The runner from first comes all the way around and scores, ties the game, and eventually in extra innings, the Orioles win the game. On ESPN, there was a guy, a critic, who said this was the fault of the Tampa Bay manager and coaching staff. And he he said, and the reason it was, was that if you're going to, at this stage, you want to play a no doubles defense. And that means you station a guy at third base as well as at first base. Therefore, it's their fault that the team eventually, that this tie occurred and then lost. What do you guys think of that? You mean you keep the guy at third base right on the line? Yes, like yeah. like you would. And yeah, yeah, as if a right-hand yeah. batter were up, yes. Yeah. That's what they usually do. So why like, wasn't he like the there? So left-handed batter. A left-handed batter, yeah, a left-handed batter. No, I, I wouldn't see that for a lefty batter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just that I just wondering what what everybody felt. I mean, I understood the lo- obviously the logic is clear. Yeah. Oh. Does, this, does this make sense? Does it make sense? <laughs> how often does that happen? A guy hits the ball down exactly. the line. Exactly. Right. One out of how many? Okay. Um, did you hear the story about a man died at the Patriots game last weekend? Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Got into a fight. Let me read this. He punched twice in the head during a fight in the stands with a Dolphin fan. He was in New England. Dale Mooney, 53, of New Hampshire, needed medical attention last Monday around 11 o'clock p.m. at Gillette Stadium. Mooney was taken to a local hospital where he died. Police at this time are still trying to figure out the events that led to uh, the hit to the head and eventual death. Police are calling it an incident. Uh, a witness said it was a brutal fight. Um, and uh, it seems that today there was a report in the paper that he did not die from the hit to the head. Yeah, this but is the hard. hit to the head triggered another a medical uh, condition. Right. He, I read it was his heart. Which, which he had. Oh, really? Which he had. Yeah. But that's interesting. You go to a game, you get to a fight. Anyway. Yeah. Ridiculous. But die anyway. Um, the story resulted today with the Colorado, University of Colorado, off to what, 3 0? 3 0. 3 0. And this week they're playing um, Oregon. 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 And next, Money point on the books. And next week they're playing Southern Cal. Right. He Don't has his son quarterback. <laughs> he has a nice call, Howie. Another son. Time. He's got two Prime sons time. on the team. And the big talk today was the son is an underclassman, the quarterback, who's off to a fabulous start. And they're, they're talking about him going pro. And, uh, of course, uh, Mr. Sanders Jets, Jets, doesn't Jets. want his kids leaving so quick. Jets. So, you know what I mean? Jets. <laughs> Jets. <laughs> Jets. You know, yeah. that, was, that was some game last week, the, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Yeah. But, you, you know, I was reading an article that a lot of these players now, there's not much incentives with, with, with this NIL name, um, image, likeness, and you name. They can make more money staying in college than by with their first pro contract. Hmm. And that was the reason running back for the University of Michigan, Blake Corum. Decided to stay in college, maybe. But they're still risking it. They still risk injury, though. Well, that's, that's the true. one. That's that the one true. thing by not turning pro. Yeah, that that yeah. is true. Yeah. So there's a story that uh, Iowa, University of Iowa, has an offensive coordinator. Coordinator, yeah. Brian Ferentz. He's the coach's son. Coach's son. Uh, he needs Iowa to average 25 points a game. <laughs> For him mm-hmm. to cash in a hundred and twelve thousand dollar bonus incentive. Right. Right. Last week they beat Western Michigan forty one to ten. So he gets some money there, I guess. No, but, no, uh, average. You gotta average. Yeah. Average. Right. And this average. week This week what? No, I'm saying this week they're playing Penn State might be a tough they, game. Mm, so you can watch on. watch University of Iowa as you go right there. And you remember we talked a few weeks about the, the new LIU and their their their, their playing yeah. big time schedule. They yeah. lost the Baylor thirty to seven. That's respectable. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to hear this story. Check out online LIU starting quarterback Chris Howell. Oh yeah, yeah. He oh, throws yeah. submarine yeah. style. Yeah. Oh. You remember quarterback. That- Throw an underhand 
There's no Uncle Ben in today's paper. down the field. You have to see it to believe it. How can he not get every pass knocked down? That'd be quick. That'd be quick. That's his style. And they asked his mom, why is he doing that? He says he's been doing that since he was a kid. When he was a kid, he picked up a big football. He couldn't throw it because the, the ball was bigger than his hand. But he was able to throw it underhand. And he continued and mastered the underhand. <laughs> you have to check this out. Yes, LIU quarterback, underhand, submarine style. They call it sidearm sling. Check it out. And then big scores. SMU beat Prairie View. A&M, 69 to nothing. Did you Whoa. know that prayer? Now, I'm going to change my hat for a second. <laughs> Read my hat. Panthers. Have a Prairie View. Because back in 1998, Prairie View had an 88-0 game losing streak. Were you aware of this? They yeah, lost for nine years, not a game. They did not win a game in nine years. It actually it ended in 1998. They beat a, some college called Langston. It's in Oklahoma. That's right. 14-12. Langston was down. They scored a TD, and they went for the two-point two conversion, and they didn't get it. <laughs> and then uh, Prairie View ran out the clock. I became a big fan back in 19. I had to, had to get a hat. So I called their bookstore. They sent me a hat. What's that? Paid for it. But I have a prayer review hat. Michael, you got a comment? Yeah, no, I have a question for Fred, actually, because uh, he knows his college football. Do you think that, uh, or what's that, Oregon, uh, the 20 point favorite over Colorado, is that because Colorado's perceived as a crappy team before the season started, or is Oregon that much better? No, Oregon is is better, but you know the bookmakers make the bookmakers are trying to get it so they have the same amount of points, uh, um, same amount of dollars bet on each team. So they maybe that's how they started. They figured, well, that that they'll get a lot, they'll get more Colorado, some Colorado money in because a lot of people really think Oregon's going to win the game. I'm sure that game's on TV, like all games are on TV. Three three thirty, three thirty, channel seven. Should be a good game. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right now. I have so much more we never got to, but we have the time. We have to do some trivia. So Can I just make one one reference about a local death that happened. What do you have? Phil Sellers, who was I have that down there. Yeah, oh, yeah. who was the great one of the greatest players in Rutgers University Rutgers. history, was on their team that was undefeated in the regular season in seventy five, seventy six, and lost in the in the NCAA finals. He passed away at a Brooklyn Thomas Jefferson High School. Never really made it in the pros, but was a great college player and one of three Rutgers players to have his uniform retired by Rutgers. Yeah. Really, I remember him. Remember and that? he was, he was well. young? I think 16, he was 69 years old. 69, uh, yeah. I, I remember him from high school. And yep. Me too. Gone too soon. Yeah. yeah, they didn't mention what he died of. He must have obviously. He must have had something. They did. Well, I think on the paper said he had a something or other. Uh, he's in the post. something uh, or other. Yeah, I'm sorry. Or other. All right, it's always something that. or other. Let's uh, let's do some trivia questions. It'll be about less than ten minutes of questions worth. Michael, you go first, yeah. then Milton, and then Fred. All right. Uh, 
Uh, name what is Brian Bruni, former Yankee reliever, and Charlie King Con Keller have in common with this year's Yankees? Let's think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no one has a clue. What is it? I don't think Charlie Keller is the first one in baseball history to have uh, what has to do with this year's Yankee Yankee team. Suck. No one knows. What is it? His number is ninety nine. Their numbers are uh, same as Judge. Charlie Keller won ninety nine. Yep. Really? King Kong. Right. Look it up. Nineteen fifty two. I find that hard to believe. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Milton. In 1954, what Yankee pitcher pitched for the Dodgers before that? Sal Madley. No, man, he came after. Not no, he came after. The Yankee came pitcher after. pitched for the Dodgers right before that. Very famous Dodger pitcher. Tommy Byrne. No, not Tommy Byrne. Believe it or not, Ralph Branca. Oh, he was on the Yankees in 54. Ralph Branca was a Yankee? Yeah. I didn't know that. Unless I'm wrong, I think so. I think you're right. He had a sore arm, I believe. I think he was on that Yankee 54 team that won 103 games. And lost by eight games to Cleveland. And they didn't make the playoffs. Right. No, no, Cleveland. What form of no Phillies pitcher? <laughs> what form of Phillies pitcher was on the '54 Yankees? Robin Roberts. No. No. Jim Constanti. Jim Constanti is the right answer. Jim All right, Fred, got a question. That is a football question. In the Super Bowl era, so since 1966. Who is the youngest player to run for a TD and pe- have a and pass for a TD in the same game? Youngest. Youngest. The young quarterback. He he, he threw one and he and, and he, he and he ran for one. Scored a touchdown and threw one. So it's gotta be youngest a one. Gotta be a quarterback, right? Throw yeah. it. Doesn't it have to be no. Is it? But it is a quarterback. Play. You're right. Yeah. We we don't know. Chief, Chiefs quarterback. No. 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 What year? Twenty twenty three. Oh. oh boy. Just happened? Two weeks ago. First? First game of the season. Who's the young, young quarterback? Brock Purdy? No. Jalen Hurts. Uh, no. No. Uh, Josh Allen? Yeah, his first his first game as a pro. First game as a pro. Two weeks ago. Right. Uh, right. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce right. Young. No. The other Bryce guy. Young. No. Uh, the guy on, uh, what was it, Anderson or whatever his name is? Richardson? <laughs> no. He called. Oh, the, the, uh, what's his name? The, the one on the Browns, right? No. <laughs> no. Not, the Brown, not the Browns. I meant the, um, the guy, Colts. Right. Anthony yeah. Richardson. 21 years, 21 years, 11 months. All right, put that in the box. Wow. It's hurt now. <laughs> All right, uh, another one? All right, Michael, go. Okay, what player appeared at five different positions in All-Star games? Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Correct. Ah. <laughs> All right, looking around now. It looks like you again, Fred. All right. 
Adam Wainwright just became the th third Cardinal pitcher to record 200 wins. Who are the other two? Bob Gibson. Gibson. That's the obvious one. Who's the other one? Steve Carr. Uh, no, I'll go way back. This is Gerald type. From 1918 to 1937. <laughs> He's in, and he is in the Hall of Fame, so you might have heard of this guy. Not Dizzy Dean? Not Dizzy no. Dean. No, no not Dizzy, not Dizzy. Dean. Dean got hurt. Carlton. Carlton. No, 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 he didn't pitch 1918. Oh, 18. 18. I, I give you, this guy had 210 wins and 208 complete games. <laughs> he was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1970. Is he a household name? Would we know it? I don't know if it's a household name, maybe in his household, but oh, my house. What my Haynes? house here? Gus Haynes? You, you're very close. Je I was going to say it was Jesse, yeah. Jesse Haynes. Oh. Never heard of him. Never heard yeah. of him. Not a household. In the Hall of Fame, he's been in yeah. 210 wins. He played when I wasn't around. That's a count. Ever saw a pitch? Who the hell knows? That's all I got. That's what you got. Michael again. All right. Which player holds the major league record for uh, MVPs? Bobby Bonds. Bonds. All Barry right. Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, like seven, I think. Right, so we're going to end with my question. Yeah. This will be the last question, so don't even think. This is a multiple part question. Yeah. Take about two minutes. Name the last quarterback to win a playoff game. For these teams, okay, a bunch of teams here. The last okay. quarterback to win a playoff game for the Arizona Cardinals. Tyler Murray. Nope. No. Uh, Kurt Warner. No, initial CP. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Uh, Atlanta. Pat Ryan. Pat Ryan. Pat Ryan. Pat Ryan. The Ravens. Joe Flacco. <laughs> no. No. Last Jackson, Lamar oh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Jackson. Right. The Bills. Some of these are obvious. The Bills, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen, the Panthers, um, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, the Bears. Be careful with this one. Bears, the Bears. Last quarter, the Bears. Uh, what's his name? Not Jim McMahon. No, no, what's his name? JC, not Jesus Christ. JC, JC. Jim, John, Jim, Joe, Jalen, Jake, 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 okay, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, the Browns, Mayfield, 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 you want to play again? Cowboys, Prescott, okay, the Broncos, how about the Broncos? The last playoff game that they won, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. This one is tough. The Lions. When the hell were the Lions in the playoffs? But they won again. They, they won with this guy. Say Stafford, but I don't think he won. Not Joey Before Harrington. Right? No, not Joey Harrington. E K. E K. Elvis. E Elvis. Oh, Kitten. Not no. That's John Kitten. No. Eric Kramer. Okay. Oh. Eric what year was Graham? that? What year was I've that? Never heard of it. E R I K. Check it out. I got to yeah. move on. The Packers. Rogers. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Texans. What? Uh, no press. Oh God, the guy who. John Watson. Sean Watson. Watson. Good. Right. The Colts. Yeah. the Colts. I have three more. The Colts. 
Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Where have you gone? The Jags. Blake Bortles. Lawrence. Oh, last week, Lawrence. Lawrence. Of course they won last year. And, of course, the Chiefs. Well, yeah. Mahomes. Chad Henney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have a have a fantastic week. Thanks for thanks for coming on this week. We uh, had a lot have of an stuff. Easy, have so an easy fast. That easy I get fast. to have my stuff. You don't have to fast. <laughs> yeah. So we have a uh, uh, what do they say? Have a easy fast. Uh, easy easy fast. fast. But if you have conditions, you don't have to. Right. right. I know. I That's, That's why I don't. Yeah. yeah. In my well, you know, That's if you really get it. hungry, McDonald's serves fast food. Fast food. There you <laughs> go. Be <laughs> first online for that one. But uh, oh, good good I better yes, my, my jacket and suit off and white yeah. shirt off. Right. Let's go up there like a regular slop. Thank Guys, have a great week. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk Thank to you soon. Be good. Thank you. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.